Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Man, we are, uh, we are super, pump, super pumped about the legacy offering that is coming up. That is on December 30th, and I'm inviting all of you. Here's what I tell everyone when it comes to giving at TC. I'll never tell you what to give, but I'll unapologetically tell you to ask God what you should give. And my only request is just listen to what God tells you and give whatever he tells you to give. The great part about the legacy offering is we don't keep that. That go 100% of that we give away to the five areas, uh, the five legacy lanes that we just talked about. And so uh, I unapologetically will talk about the legacy offering because we keep none of it in-house. We give all of it away. And so my invitation to you guys is to join us and let's create an impact uh, with the legacy offering. All right, guys. So, hey, we are super pumped to be in the was the night series, and I know he is not here today, but let's give it up for Pastor Dan from last week, who brought an amazing message. And uh, the series is called "Twas the Night," and we're talking about uh, that it was the night. What happened on the night that Jesus was born? It was a night of anticipation, which Jesus, uh, which Pastor talked about last week. Uh, he is not Jesus, but he's got nice hair, and we're gonna go with it. So, uh, secondly, this week we're talking. Uh, we're discovering twas the night for celebration. Turn to your neighbor and say celebration. I hope you had a breath mint before you did that. That could have been bad. So, hey, listen, how many guys, how many guys are getting to that age now where you don't care nearly as much about gifts as you did when you were five, right? Where are we at? Like, listen, so I, our family, as we got older, we started doing this thing called Dirty Santa. If you guys ever heard of that, if you haven't, don't worry, it's not weird. Okay, so... We started playing this thing called Dirty Santa where one person would pick a gift and then the next person, they could either steal that gift or go get a new one from under the tree, right? And we did that for the adults, so we only bought one gift for all the adults. As you can imagine, it only takes about five minutes for it to turn into complete anarchy and everyone's angry at each other. I don't know who thought of this game, but it was a terrible idea if you want holiday cheer, okay? So, but all that to say, right, is uh, I came up with a solution for gifting for adults, okay, because we are grown people, all right? Now, granted, some of the person, some of the people, and maybe the person sitting next to you doesn't act like it all the time, all right? But uh, what I said is what, what you need to do is all the adults, rather than trying to figure out what each other wants or just buying stuff, let's just go, go buy yourself whatever you want, wrap it, put it under the tree, and on Christmas, we'll just open all our gifts we bought ourselves in front of everyone. Y'all with me? <laughs> Listen, now I'm not mad because I spent 20 and that person spent 15, right? And no one ends up with a box cutter from Academy. We don't have to worry. Everything's good, right? So that's a solution. You can have that for free. That ain't even part of my notes. I just thought you guys would like to have that. No, but all that to say, the reason I brought that up is, so we started doing the Dirty Santa thing. And for about three years straight, one person in our family always got the worst gift that you could have. Because when you're playing Dirty Santa, you don't want to go first because that means you get your gift stolen if it's good, right? So then, and then even after you pick another one, the next person gets to steal the next one you got. So you always end up with the box cutter, right? So my brother-in-law, Anthony, who is, if you know him, he's always a cheerful person anyways. They're laughing because that's a lie, all right? So... He only smiles twice a year, and that's if he didn't get the box cutter, right? So, 
But the first year he ended up like, we're, we're buying, and listen, I think I love gift cards to restaurants. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, so we, our family was like, yo, we'll buy some really like, so we got gift cards to Ichiban, my favorite sushi joint. Come on, somebody. Oh, yes. And then there was like gift cards to Tuscan Oven for pizza or Sky's Pizza where you can get the best pizza. Come on, some like, yes, Lord. Anyway, so there was like all these awesome gift cards in there. Uh, and so, man, we're, we're opening and like someone got the Ichiban gift card, someone got the pizza gift card, and we're just going down the list. And every time Anthony would open a gift card, someone would steal it. And so he was just getting bitter the whole time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, at the, you know, the uncle that's got his arms crossed the whole Christmas because he don't want to be there. That was Anthony the whole time we were there. And so the first year he ended up with a box of cookie dough which I don't know what he's talking about. I would just be delighted. CDC, you can say all you want about lettuce, but you'll take the cookie dough out of my cold, dead hands. All right? So, anyway, so, and, and then, this is the only holidays where it's safer to eat cookies than lettuce. But anyway, so, but the next year he ended up with like a, a, like a baking pan. And it was like, it might even have been used already. I don't know. Like it was just, it was, it's like a terrible gift. And so finally, like, he just got so upset. I was like, listen, this is what we're going to do. Everyone's buying gift cards to restaurants, and everyone's going to get a gift card to a restaurant so that somebody, Anthony, doesn't end up with a crappy box cutter. Okay, so that was what we decided to do. And so finally this year, we are all getting gift cards to really good restaurants. Okay, so that's what we're doing as a family. It's like $15. Don't get hyped up. We ain't, like, going to Jackson's or nothing. But all that to say... I told you that story to ask a question. What do you do in your life? And when do you feel like you need Jesus if you already feel like you have all that you need? In other words, we would never say that out of our mouth. I would never tell you, I don't need Jesus that bad. I would never say that. But what does my life communicate? Is Jesus our last resort or is he our first response? You've heard the saying, when you've done all you can do, pray. It's like, since when has all we can do mattered? Or is it up to God to come through for us? And so my question is, we may not communicate it with our mouth, but does our life show that why do we need Jesus if we have all we need? Do we go to him last? Is he our last resort? Do we go to him when we don't have any other options? Or do we, re do we realize that he's really our only true option? You see, no matter what you're going through in your life, no matter what you encounter in this life, Jesus is greater than and better than any solution you can come up with on your own. He will carry you through the tough times and he will celebrate the mountaintops with you on your good times. He is God. And today we're going to look at the fact that he's actually not just God in heaven, but he's God with us. So let's go to Matthew 1, 20 through 22. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So to bring context to that, Joseph, Mary comes to Joseph and says, I'm pregnant. She's supposed to be a virgin and they hadn't got married yet. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'd need to see a polygraph or something. We're going to, hey, we need to talk about this. I have questions right? I saw you with Alcazar or whatever weird biblical name. I no, I'm just kidding. 
So, so if you read earlier in, in Matthew 1, it actually, what's happening is, is Joseph was contemplating leaving her. And the angel comes to him and says, don't. This is something that is from God. Okay, so that's what's happening here. Then the angel says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And the prophet said this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Say that with me, Emmanuel, God with us. So let's go and look at what he's talking about in the prophet because Emmanuel, that means that God, when Jesus left the riches of heaven and came to earth so that you and I might become rich, what he did is he departed from the throne, his kingdom in heaven and came down so that you and I might have an opportunity to experience an eternity with him. Come on, somebody. That is the great gift that God has given us. So God with us. But what he was communicating was what had already been spoken in the book of Isaiah. And so what, let's go there. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. So this is thousands of years this is before uh, what we read in Matthew. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Right? Then we jump to Isaiah 9, 6 where it says this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so what's happening here is that in the book of Exodus, God delivers his people out of captivity and out of slavery. And so as they come out of that captivity and as they come out of that slavery, what happens is he steps in with genuine and divine intervention to deliver them. But then, years later, what's happening is they are back in turmoil. And they are back into fighting. And they are back into situations. And they have found themselves where they are needing God to come through again, but in a different type of way. And when Isaiah declares the prophecy that a son will be born, a savior will be given, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. He's declaring that you may be going through turmoil now, but there's someone who's coming that will deliver you. Amen. And I'm here to tell you guys today that for some of you, you have, God has brought you out of something, but you have grown frustrated in the fact that you are now battling something else. And I don't know about you, but there are seasons in life where I get to celebrate, but then I find myself in seasons where I am back into fighting with frustrations and pains that have surfaced in my life again. But what I'm also here to tell you is that the reason Jesus has come was not just to deliver us once, but to tell you that he is here to deliver you over and over, that he will sustain you over and over. He will strengthen you over and over. No matter what you go through in your life, know that Emmanuel, which is God with us, has come to carry you no matter what you come in contact with. Could he have stayed God in heaven? Sure, but he became God with us. So what do we do? We celebrate because it was the night for celebration. Emmanuel, the prophecy had come true. The son had been born and God is now with us. So we celebrate in your notes. The first thing we celebrate is that he is our wonderful counselor. 
our wonderful counselor. How many guys know that when we celebrate our wonderful counselor, what we're actually doing is acknowledging a God who is infinite in wisdom. He is infinite in knowledge and he is infinite in understanding. How many guys have ever gone through something and someone has given you terrible advice, right? How many of you all got friends that put the nose in your business uninvited? Where they at, right? Listen, what you need to do is, no, I didn't ask you what I needed to do. I was just telling you what's going on. Now, some of y'all, listen, if they're on their third marriage, stop taking marriage advice from them, okay? <laughs> right? How many of y'all got friends how many of y'all got kids, but you got friends that don't have kids giving you suggestions on how to raise your kids, right? Well, what you need to do, no, Sarah, that's not what I need to do, okay? Well, if I had kids, my kids would never act like that. How many parents ever gave the side eye before, right? What happens? People constantly try to step in, but they lack the understanding to give you the information you need. But our God is a wonderful counselor because he's rich in infinite wisdom. There is nothing that you can go through that he cannot speak to. There is no test or trial that you can go through that he hasn't been through. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he had been tested in every way so that you and I could recognize that he is the source to go to when we are tested because he can attest to what we're going through, what we're dealing through, the pain that we're experiencing. He has experienced loss. So when you experience loss, you go to the one that can hold you through it. He has experienced pain. So when you go through pain, you go to the one that can help carry you through it. He has experienced every test and trial known so that when you and I go through a test and trial, we have a manual, God with us. We go to the source of wisdom, not Google, we go to the source of wisdom. He's our wonderful counselor. Psalm 147, three through five says this. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. That means that as he spoke the stars into place, he called them by name. Sometimes we think that God can't come through when we get shorted or when we get that pink slip. But he spoke the stars into space. How great he is. His power is absolute. His understanding is unlimited. Can I tell you something? His understanding is unlimited. Whatever you go through, he's a mighty counselor for you. Whatever you experience, he's the mighty counselor for you. Whatever pain, whatever struggles, whatever situation, the good days and the bad, he's the mighty counselor because his wisdom is infinite. Whatever you go through, he will hold you. Daniel 2 says this. He says, he changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. He's God with us. Next, we celebrate your mighty God. Celebrate your mighty God. How many of you are grateful that we serve and we celebrate a God who is infinite in power? He's a powerful God. Just like we looked at, he spoke with words, the sun, moon, and stars into space. I love what Pastor Dan 
said last week that above us is 64 billion 500 and some odd, or 64 trillion 560 billion tons of water called the atmosphere. And it sits there and the weight of water is 773 times the weight of the air that it's sitting above and it's floating nothing but the voice of God over our heads. How many of you are glad you serve a mighty God? That he sustains us with his hand. That he holds us. That his strength and his power is perfect, but it's even more perfect when it's recognized in the midst of our own weakness. How many of you have ever experienced days where maybe you didn't want to get out of bed? How many of you have ever gone through situations where you didn't know how you were going to get to the end? But God is a mighty God. But he's not just a mighty God in heaven. He's God with us. 2 Samuel 22 says this. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect. But we serve a mighty, powerful, strong God. I love what David Platt says. He puts it like this. He says, nothing is impossible. Say nothing. Nothing is impossible for the people of God who trust in the power of God to accomplish the will of God. That means God has a plan for you. Can I tell you something? God has a plan for you. I want to ask you to turn to your neighbor and say, God has a plan for you. God has a desire to work things out for you. It is the will of God that he would grow you, that he would make you successful, not for your sake, but for, so that you can celebrate him in the midst of your successes. God's desire is to drive you to a place where you look to him to be your everything, that God wants to be our source of strength. He wants to be the mighty God to us. He wants to hold us. He wants to keep us. He wants to make us successful in places where we have been losing, where we've lacked victory. He wants to make us triumphant. He wants to be the mighty God for us, but so that we will point to him for being our everything. He has a desire, the will of God. So it is not, nothing is impossible for the people of God who trust in the power of God to accomplish the will of God. And that's why I want to tell you today, coming in January, January 6th through the 26th, we have the 21 days of prayer and fasting Every Saturday at 9 a.m. we'll be here in the sanctuary and every uh, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. we'll be meeting at our office. Here's the deal. I believe it is God's genuine desire for you to have the best marriage you can have. I believe it is God's genuine desire for you to be as successful as you can be in your business and in your personal life in regards to what he desires for you. I believe it is God's genuine desire that your family would be whole, that your body would be whole, that he would carry you, sustain you, that he would be your everything. But many of us are trying to tap into the blessings of God without being connected to the source of God. Stay with me. Many of us want the things of God, but we don't necessarily want God. And I'm here to tell you today that if you want the blessings of God, if you want the promises of God, then we have to tap tap into the source of God. So here's my challenge to you, my ask, is that you take the 21 days of prayer and fasting and join us as we spend 21 days with the Lord every morning from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturdays. Spend 21 days giving that time to God and watch what he does in your life in response. Because you get the promises when you're connected to the source. See, in my house, I didn't just show up every once in a while and ask my dad for $20. Because I know how that would have went. 
We're talking about the dad that when I got arrested, they said, who do you want to call? And I was like, And so they said, we need to call your parents. I was, I was, I was 15. Anyway, so uh, they said, we're going to have to call your parents. And I was like, call my mom. <laughs> and uh, so they, 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 they called the house phone, and my dad answered. <laughs> and, and so the off, I heard the officer say, sir. And I just went like this. <sighs> and they said, sir, we have uh, Mr. Bradley Livingston here. And uh, I'm not going to say what I did because that don't matter. That's none of y'all's business. Quit being nosy. So I, he said, I got Mr. Bradley Livingston in here, and uh, he, uh, you're going to need to come pick him up. And my dad said, well, how long does he got to stay if I don't come pick him up? <laughs> he said, he'll get out tomorrow. He said, I'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> he saw me tomorrow, fam. I was, in, I was there all night. <laughs> But I remember, I remember showing up at my, cause so, so that was my dad. You didn't just show up at the house and just ask for $20. But how many of you know, because I was in the home, I helped cook the meals. I helped take care of the house. I helped around the house. When my dad needed something done, we helped get things done in the house. And when the time came that I needed something, I was asking a father that I was connected to for something. I wasn't asking a stranger that I never talked to for something. And many of us in life are needing God to bring supernatural provision and blessing and opportunities into our life. But we are trying to ask a stranger that we never talked to to become a father to us. Can I tell you something? Become relational with God and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But the desires of your heart. See, we quote that scripture just saying God wants to give us the desires of my heart. What you're missing out on is that God's desire, the, the desires of your heart as you grow closer with the Lord become his desires for you. And so when you want the desires of your heart, what you end up wanting is what God wants for you. So my prayer every morning is, God, what you have for me, make it known so that I can walk in it. But as he does that, he gives me supernatural provision for me, for my wife. He carries us. He holds us. He sustains us. He's our everything. He's our source. Even in the midst of loss, last night as we went to a candlelight service at the funeral or at the, the graveyard where my son is born. This is our first Christmas without our boy. And it hurt so bad. And as we sat there and as we just prayed and as we sat a candle behind, beside his headstone, I looked to God as I held my wife. And I said, God, I need you to bring the Holy Spirit to be our peace and to be our comforter. Because if you don't, we'll never make it. You see, it's one thing to ask God to give you more. It's another thing to need God to be your everything. When you don't know how you're going to wake up the next day, you pray different. When your marriage is falling apart, you pray different. When you feel like God is so far away, you pray different. When you're in the midst of lost, you pray different. And here's what I want to tell you. Don't wait until you feel like your ship is sinking before you connect to the source that can stop it and keep it afloat. Do not wait until things fall apart before you start to try to draw close to God because pain will distort your vision of what God wants you to see. Connect to him in the good times. And when the bad time comes, you won't have to find him. He'll already be there. So I'm going to ask you to join me 
And, and I'm going to say this part too, but the only reason I'm saying this is because I want it to be an encouragement. And not, it's not a boastful statement. We're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I love food, y'all. Listen. Okay. We working out, but I still, I'm working out hard because I love to eat food. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I eat hard, so I got to work out hard. Anyway, so 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm, I'm going 21 days liquids only. And the only reason I'm telling you, I'm not telling you that to be boastful. I'm telling you that because some of you are going, there's no way I could. Listen, there is a way you can, but you're going to have to trust God in the midst of it. All right. Now, with that said, some of you need to consult with your doctors before you just start going. Listen, like, So I'm telling you, fast something and television don't count. Neither does Facebook. Fast food. Find something that is a food item that you're going to deprive your body of for 21 days and spend that time with the Lord and watch what happens at the end of it. You will be connected to the source that will not fail you ever. All right. But consult with your doctor. I don't want to do 18 funerals on the 27th either. Okay. So let's not get carried away here. But what I'm telling you is connect to the Lord and he'll be there for you because he's our mighty God. Number three, he's our everlasting father. We celebrate our everlasting father. And the translation of this statement means the father of eternity. And the further breakdown of that statement, the word father actually breaks down to ruler or authority. So Jesus came as a baby, but even as a baby, he was already the authority of eternity. Which means that in you, your life and in my life, he already reigns over the eternity that you and I one day will step into. And I'm here to tell you, when you leave this earth, you are going to one of two places, heaven or hell. And the grace that comes to you through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and your faith in him to accomplish that in you is the only way it's heaven. Your good works can't get you there. Your actions can't get you there. As a matter of fact, how, how many, where am I, where am I uh, did more worse than good stuff growing up people at? Where y'all at? Where, where are my C students? Come on. It's, it's just, it correlates. C students? Where are the A students at? Curve ruiners. Get out of here. Listen, so... <laughs> So, because listen, some of y'all, if I were to tell you, hey, get out your list of things that God is ashamed of, you would open your wallet and unfold this little piece of paper. Then the rest of us would like unscroll this thing that just keeps going. But guess what? Where sin abounds, grace does abound much more, the Bible says. Which means it doesn't matter what your list look like, looks like. What matters is that Jesus is at the top of it. So however far you went, it wasn't too far for God to bring you back through the grace of Jesus. Wherever you've gone, it's not too far that when Jesus went to the cross, he did not pay so that you couldn't be saved. However far you may have gone, it's not too far that the grace of God afforded to you through Jesus can't bring you back. But what I am here to tell you is that don't think that good works will get you there. I'm glad good works won't. Because then we would be boastful in and of ourselves. I was watching something last night. I'm not telling you you should go watch it. I was just watching it myself. It was a documentary on the Wu-Tang Clan. I, I, I'm for real. If you don't know what the Wu-Tang Clan is, don't worry about it. Because <laughs> if you don't right now, you're not going to want to know. I can tell you that right now. It's a, it's a hip-hop group and a rap group from the 90s, early 2000s. So I was watching a documentary on the Wu-Tang Clan. And... Um, they were, at one point, they were talking about all the people that had died 
over the years in their group uh, or those that were just close to them. And a guy made a statement where he said, I can't wait for the day when I go to heaven so I can see them all again. And my heart was grieved. Now, I'm not here to judge them. That's not my job. What I can say is based on the fruit of their life, because the Bible says that we can judge, not judge eternally and cast judgment, but we can discern where someone's life may be based on the fruit of their life. Based on the fruit, I don't know that heaven was any of their destinations. So I was grieved in my heart because this person is misguided to believe that just because someone did a few nice things, we just make it to heaven on that. I'm here to tell you today, we make it to heaven on Christ and Christ alone. And my, invita- my invitation to you as we get ready to wrap this up, we'll give you our last point, is that you will put your faith in Jesus so that he can become your everything. Revelation 1.8, talking about him being the father of eternity, says, I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come. I am the almighty. Lastly, we celebrate our prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. And what Isaiah was writing is not that he's the prince of peace in regards to war. What he was actually prophesying was not the peace on the battlefield, but the peace in your soul. How many of you have ever been in areas of your life where everything was going fine, but on the inside, something was still broken? It's because your soul lacked peace. But he's the the prince of peace, but not the prince of peace in regards to war It's peace, the word shalom, which means an eternal, a concentrated, and a stable peace. How many of you are ready for your life to be in a stable place? doesn't mean that craziness ain't going on around you, but how many of you know when you're centered on the rock that doesn't move, who is Jesus? Even when the winds blow, you can stay firm knowing that you don't have to be knocked down. He's our prince of peace. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What kind of peace is that? The peace that don't even make sense. People have come up and they've asked me over the last six months, how do you do it? You lost your son. I lost him May 18th of this year. How do you do it? How do you just keep staying strong? It's called shalom. The winds may blow around me, but I will not be moved. The storm may circle me, but I will not be blown off. The enemy may bombard my mind, but a peace that doesn't even make sense will hold me still. And as I held my wife last night, I said, Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. The word declares that Jesus had to go so that he could bring the comforter And I just ask, Holy Spirit, be our comforter in this season. Hold us in this time. Because even though my faith may grow weary, even though my mind may get tired, I'm here to tell you, there's a peace that only comes from God that will hold you through every storm, every situation, every circumstance. Why? Because he's Emmanuel, God with us. So the question is, why do I need Jesus if I feel like all I need? The reality is that we should celebrate and we will celebrate when we realize that Jesus is all that we need.
we cling to him in our time. I'll give you this quote by Tim Keller. He says, on the cross, Jesus wins through losing. He triumphs through defeat. He achieves power through weakness and comes into great wealth by giving it all away. And Jesus went, came and was born in a manger, Emmanuel, God with us. But he came, left the riches of heaven, the Bible says, so that you and I might become rich. How do we become rich? We become rich in eternity, where God is ready to hold us forever. Where the pains of this world may go away, but your triumphs of this world will disappear and all you will have is what God is to you. My invitation, make God your everything. You can put that last line up there as we pray. Celebrate, because he's all we need. How many guys love Jesus today? How many guys appreciate him? Let's give it up for him. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're all that we need. God, we thank you that in life we may come in contact with situations and circumstances where we need more, but you are our everything. So we look to you to be our strength and our portion. And we look to you to hold us, to carry us in bad times. But God, I declare right now that as we move into next year, God, we will see more victories on the battlefield of life. We will see you come through in even more amazing ways than you already have. For God, if you didn't do one more thing for us, you're still a good God. You're still a victorious God and you're an amazing savior. But God, we believe you have more for us. The Bible says that you came that we would have life and that translates to eternal life. But then you said that we would have life on this earth more abundantly. And so we declare, God, that both the life on this earth, we would become uh, an abundant life so that we can be an abundant blessing to more. God, but we would also experience eternal life. And if you're in this room right now and you need to experience that eternal life, maybe you say, Pastor, I don't believe I'm a bad person, but I need to get right with God. I need him to become the center of my life. The beauty of the gospel is this. All of us have sinned, the Bible said, and we've fallen short of what God wants for us. But when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our sins. And today to receive grace and mercy, to walk in forgiveness of those sins, all you have to do, the Bible says, is repent, which means we turn away, never to go back of those areas of our life. But then we put our faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for us and then we spend our life going after him. And today, if that's you, you want Jesus to take control of your life and you want him to become your everything. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, no one looking around, you say, that's me, pastor. I've tried it my way, but I'm ready to try it God's way. I wanna give him my life. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I wanna pray for you. And if that's you, would you raise your hand right where you sit and say, that's me, pastor. I want God to take control of my life. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. Are there more? It says, I want Jesus to take control of my life, Pastor. And I want him to become my everything. Maybe you're watching us online and you want to agree with those that have already raised their hands here and say, that's me, Pastor. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith alone in Jesus makes you saved. But we want to put words to the actions of our heart and declare that Jesus is the Lord of our life. 
So we're gonna pray a prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so that you're not praying it by yourself. So church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later and through your life and through your death, but through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I believe in you and I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that past the very first time. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.